This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. You know, deep in our hearts, there is a call to return to the source. The needle that points towards this true north is beyond the physical world, and it connects us to our soul's intent like nothing else can. And if this intelligence is inside of us, why does it seem so hard to make that connection? If you're looking for happiness, inner peace, enlightenment, whatever, no knowledge can propel you any faster to that intention than the heart and the soul. Welcome, everybody, to The Soul's Intent, and welcome, Irma. Thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Ernie, and welcome back to the airways with The Soul's Intent, and I'm, I'm so excited that I get to share in this experience with you. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm starting to um, get a whole different energy with the show, and, uh, and I think it's the energy that we create that makes it fun, and so I appreciate you very much for helping me bring these ideas and concepts to the audience. And tonight, mm-hmm. of course, we're talking about this business of life being hard. <laughs> and um, when you saw that topic, and I know you and I have talked off the air many times about why do many of us think life is hard. Um, why do you think that is, Irma, <laughs> that we think life is hard? <laughs> Well, um, I I think it really does come down to um, if we are listening to um, our soul's intent and um, how our soul guides us in a a self-correction in our lives. So I don't think it's so much seeking happiness or seeking anything really i think it's it's a matter of um kind of aligning our our personalities with our soul and so that we are experiencing life in a synchronistic kind of way and so um but since the ego is stubborn <laughs> and <laughs> and can't and can't self reflect the ego always thinks it's right, and that's how I think we can um, not listen and follow the ego because the ego thinks it's right and can't self Yeah, yeah, very well said. You know, I think, I think that if there's one thing I want the listeners to get about this concept of the soul's intent is, is that uh, in these organs of perception that I, that I teach, you know, which is the heart, soul, ego, and soul – these organs of perception are all kind of lenses in which we look at our lives and, and we have a choice of which lens we're going to look through. And if you look at what we have the most practice at, typically it's the, the, the practice of looking at the lens of life through the, through the ego. And so what, what the show is about to me tonight is, is that this tenacious and stubborn as the ego seems to be, it's really just habitual. It's just a, a kind of a, a set of thoughts and emotions that are habitually uh, stored away. And we go back uh, and grab that information every day. When, when, our, when our feet hits the floor, 
I imagine like a computer boots up, you know, the ego kind of comes online. And when it does that, it, it, it bumps the other stuff out of our awareness and these, these, these other organs of perception that I'm talking about. And so what I want the listeners to get in the work that I'm doing, Irma, is that, that as tenacious as the ego is, the human spirit is a thousand times more tenacious, and the human soul is the epitome of tenacity. That it, that it is not, it's, and that it's never going to stop doing what it does, and the human spirit's never going to stop its, its uh, provocation of the ego uh, to awaken. That if you can understand that, that that's the relationship, it, it gets down to which, which tenacity, which determination you're going to embrace. And, uh, and one, is, one is habit, and the other one takes practice. Hmm. You hmm. What do you think? So, so are you saying that it the soul takes practice, or the yeah, ego, yeah, it, it, or the, yeah. Mm-hmm. it takes practice. It takes practice to to first of all realize you've got other organs of perception to view your life through, besides just the one, which is the human ego. And the reason it takes practice, Irma, is because the heart and the soul and the human spirit are typically out of our awareness. Mm. Where the ego is the ego's in our awareness all the time because it's it's constantly what we have a lot of practice at doing. And so it said that in a different way, we're in our heads, you know, most of the time. It takes practice to be in our bodies. It takes practice to be present. Uh, and it also uh, is a choice. That's where the choosing part comes in. It isn't, it isn't just enough to say, well, I'm going to practice this. I have to choose which organ of perception I'm going to view my life through. And, uh, and it takes no practice, you see, to, to look at the life through the ego because that's what we are kind of conditioned to do automatically. So that's why I say practice. By practice, oh. I mean getting up every day. You know, getting up every day with making a conscious choice to say to yourself that you're going to you're going to use all of your capacity to see your life, all of your organs of perception as you view your life, and and with the understanding that they really kind of have, as I say, a symbiotic relationship. They're all kind of working together towards the same goal, and the goal, of course, is is to be here and to be who you are. So yeah, hmm. it's a shame. So it's a the, shame it takes practice, <laughs> but it kind of yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, I was actually thinking about that. I don't know if it it might have been this morning or last night. It doesn't matter. But what I was thinking is, without that practice, um, it is things are kind of autom- automatically run by the ego, which is not present. Until it becomes yeah. present, but yeah, all the all the fears, any anxiety, any kind of looking back, anything that's not happening right now in front of you, is is kind of um, based on somewhat of an illusion and definitely fear. And so I was just thinking how hard it is to stay aware of that and to not. Um, 
to kind of stay online in the sense of being online with the soul and heart and spirit and and not let the ego yeah. kind of just take over because it can happen so quickly and so easily. And it's kind of like um, a little bit of uh, like falling asleep. And then the ego just starts to run the show and you're not present anymore. And I, I, can, I can have that happen. And I was just thinking um, how hard it is to, to stay aware yeah. of that so that it doesn't happen. Well, we're, we're kind of on automatic with it. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an automatic thing to get up every day and to think our way through our days rather than to feel our way through our days. Mm-hmm. Or it's automatic yeah. or, to, or to emote our way through the day versus to feel our way through the day. And so that really is, so, you know, I make the distinction between feelings and emotions, one being reaction to the present moment, uh, which is feelings, and then emotions being a reenactment of a previous experience. And so this is where the habitual automatic kind of living comes, comes through is we get up every day and just kind of have a deja vu experience and the days just kind of merge together and then pretty soon the weeks and the months merge together and we wonder how we kind of lost ourselves in the process and that's how it happens that we just kind of get up and mm-hmm. and deja vu our way through our lives and uh, and 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 it's and it just takes um it just takes a moment to to make the choice that I, I I'd rather feel my way through this experience than to just simply think my way through it or emote my way through it and that's really the that's the practice. And, uh, of course, you know, there's all kinds of techniques. You know, the biggest one that the lay public is familiar with, of course, is meditation. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of books that are written, written about that pretty much any activity you do could be a meditative practice. Uh, but what, what, they, what needs to be said about that is, is that that's true. Anything that you do could be, a, could be that kind of a practice. But you have to be in your body to get the benefit of that practice. So it's because uh, if you're in your head with it, then you're not going to, you're not going to get the benefit of meditation. I mean, think about the, how hard it is to quiet the mind, um, particularly when you're trying to quiet a program of conditioning that tells you to think and, and behave and to emote in a very particular way. So yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, but it isn't, it, it isn't, once you get a glimmer of it. And I think the, People that have been in spiritual work for a while know this, but once you get a glimmer of the benefit of it, it's hard not to want more of the of the sensation of presence once you get a sense of what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking yeah. that, you know, besides besides meditation, I think some things that can help a person stay present is um is gratefulness and um curiosity. And and I think yeah. those two things for me really really bring me um, back into the the moment because um, it's just it's kind of like um, sorry for the the ringing of the doorbell. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, this is <laughs> I'm really apologizing. Let them let let them, let them in. <laughs> There we go. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Actually, there was nobody there. I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that happened earlier today. 
doorbells just started going see, that was, I apologize that, our listeners. That, that was the that was the ego letting us know that um, that we can talk about this all we want, but something can take us away from it, just like a doorbell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, well, maybe so about being grateful and curiosity brings me back to um, my feeling, awareness, and um, my present state. Those those things help as well. Absolutely, yes, I agree. Well, and and when you think about what gratitude is, it, it's uh, and, and that reminds me of Lisa, who used to co-host with me. Lisa used to used to tell me that she gets up every day and tries to figure out something she's grateful for, and then she kind of begins her day that way. It's a good practice to do that. Um, uh, but I think the difference is you can't you can't fool the the ego into uh, into a, an awakened state by just being grateful because the ego is saying under the surface, yeah, well, you may be grateful about this and this, but what about all the complaining you did this week about, about this other stuff? You know, I mean, the ego kind of reminds us uh, that, that it's, um, it's, um, it's a dialogue with yourself that has to be valid. Uh, it has to, in other words, it has to be sincere. It, it has to be sincere gratitude. It has to be sincere yeah. curiosity, yeah. It uh, because the that that's kind of what the shadow, which is you know that wounded side of the ego, is there for. The shadow is there to kind of call you out and say, well, you know, you can say all these feel good things, and that's kind of what uh, what, what are they called? Um, positive affirmations. You can right, say all these right. positive affirmations, but if it isn't coming from your heart, really truly coming from your heart, I can tell is what the shadow would say. I can tell. You may be able to fool your friends and your family, your lovers and whatever, but you can't fool me. And uh, and so so it's and that's how and that's the integrity piece we talk about a lot. You know that uh, that when you get to a place of of sincere gratitude and sincere sincere appreciation of your life as it is, um, it it ends up becoming a. Uh, um, a sensation that you can generally feel in your body. It isn't just something that you're, that you're kind of uh, manipulating in your mind. And this yeah. is what a lot of affirmation mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. People yeah. try to cancel. Yeah. People try to cancel out uh, thoughts that are not positive by saying a bunch of positive thoughts. <laughs> and that, and you can do all that. And it's a nice little game, but it isn't fooling the shadow. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 part of you that is wounded, that part of you that still needs to heal, that part of you that's disintegrated, that isn't really working with the spirit and the soul and the heart. Yeah, uh, it's it's so it's a little trick that the ego plays, and so it's uh, mm-hmm. that part is, is is what makes it a challenge. Yeah, and only we say- know. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say only yeah. we know when we when we put our head head on the pillow at night. Uh, if we're if we're doing self deception, only we know that. <laughs> see. Uh, nobody else can tell if we're doing self deception except for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I was going to ask how um, how does the shadow connect to um, the adapted ego and the um, arrival of being present. How does the shadow play into all of that? Is, is it's, it's primary is the shadow function the is same to... As the, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, yeah, the shadow in the ego is the, the shadow is just a portion of the of the absent ego. It is deeper. Uh, it's deeper if you can imagine that the um, like I talk about a self work cup that has the contents of your work inside of it. That liquid is the soul and spirit of who you are, and the the container is what the ego is. Well, the what guilt and shame does to that container, whether it punctures it, pokes a hole in it, bruises it, somehow harms that particular ego, that's where the shadow kind of resides. So it's kind of like symbolic of the wounds that the ego is carrying. So its function in the in the present is it doesn't trust. It challenges authority. It questions your it questions your authority. It questions your integrity, uh, and and so it's that part of the ego that is uh, wanting wanting to distract you from um, from presence. Because if the shadow uh, has to be present, then it has to take responsibility for itself. So it's the resistance. That's where the resistance comes from. So shadow is part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So shadow is part of the ego. Yes, I mean it is. It's still ego. It's just a. It's just a deeper mm-hmm. layer, if you. Because remember, mm-hmm. I've said before that the, that the human ego is like an onion, and that and that that layers and layers of that of that onion cover uh, the the core self, the actual authentic self. Well, the mm-hmm. the shadow would be those would be the bumps and bruises that 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 are in the content of those layers. Not much unlike the ring, rings of a tree. That's a good. That's a good symbol, mm-hmm. a good image for people. That if a, if you cut down a tree, and you look at the rings of the tree, you can actually see uh, what the tree has been through by imperfections in the circles or in the rings. Well, that's that. Those imperfect parts of the ring is really uh, where the shadow resides. It's mm. part of the ego. It, it's part. It, it's part of the ego. And it's very specific. It's the wounded part of the ego, and uh, and mm-hmm. so so it 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 it's gonna it's gonna challenge us in a different kind of way as we're attempting to get present, because it's been hurt. It remembers the pain. It remembers the guilt and the shame that created that pain and the fear that created that pain. And so it's going to question um, anything that you try to get it to do or to see. So it's kind of like. Uh, uh, it's kind of challenging our integrity, and the mm-hmm. in the inner child concept, in the in the inner child concept, because uh, the shadow never gets any older than a teenager is, as, as does the ego, until it becomes present. Uh, the shadow really is symbolic of uh, the the bumps and the bruises that we got in our childhood experience that have yet to be healed, and so the shadow doesn't, like I said, it doesn't trust adults. It doesn't. Uh, particularly like authority. It doesn't respect authority. And so the very first thing that you do, or there's very many things that are first things, but one of the very first things that you do in in spiritual work is you have to honor your own authority, which means take responsibility for your own power. And, uh, and, And remember, passion is power. And the shadow is quite passionate because it is formed out of suffering. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, 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 really, if, if the ego has tenacity, that's where the tenacity comes from. Uh, 
it's it's holding on to I've been hurt before, I've been harmed before, I've been lied to before, uh, I've been I've been guilted, I've been shamed. It, it its tenacity comes from that realization and from that memory and that and the emotion that comes with that. So its tenacity, the ego's tenacity, is coming from a wounded kind of hurt place. The tenacity of the human spirit is also coming from a separation, a memory of the separation from self. So its tenacity is coming from the memory of that separation. The soul's tenacity is coming from suffocation. It uh, it just uh. wants to breathe. Yeah, and so and so it it wants to be free, and so its tenacity comes from that. And the heart isn't necessarily tenacious, since the heart represents the inner compass. What it is is constantly pointing towards what would be your true north. And so the 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 heart is is, is always pointing in that direction. Uh, but you have to be in tune with it to be able to recognize it. So it's a, so so really in terms of this word tenacity. The ego's tenacity mm-hmm. is coming from passion, coming from pain. The human spirit's tenacity is coming from the initial separation from the source. And the soul's tenacity is coming from imprisonment. It feels imprisoned and it feels trapped in, in, in the confines of the way the ego sees the world. So different. Wow, it's, it's, that it's, is, it's, it's, what that's, that's cool so about that, Irma, is yeah, but, mm-hmm. but, it, but what's cool about it is you can see each of these organs of perception have their own reason to be. Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? They have, so, yeah. so the angst, look at, look at how, we would, how we think we'd be so happy if we didn't have any angst. <laughs> but it's, that very, it's the angst of the ego that challenges our authority and forces integrity. It's the angst of the human spirit that provokes us to change. And it's the angst... Uh, not the angst, but the suffocation and entrapment or imprisonment of the soul that keeps it kind of orchestrating our lives to see what we need to see. So they each have their have a very specific kind of energy that um, that is coming from a rational kind of logical place, not some made up place, you know. Yeah, uh, and that is that is the true um, evolving. What you just said, and mm-hmm. and I think I you say before that that life is always um, creating and destroying, creating and destroying. So it's kind of like that is the evolving process. But if you if you use the your your language of the the heart, the soul, the spirit, and the ego, kind of all working together to to move us forward, to, to evolve us. Yeah, and so what makes that hard, if you want to use the word hard or difficult, is, is that when those oppositions are uh, working against each other, if you've got the soul's energy, if you've got the soul's desire for freedom to work with the human spirit's uh, provocation to be connected to the source, and the ego's tenacity to heal, if you got all of those energies working in the same direction, then look what happens. You have a you have an integration of the you have an integration of the total self. And as soon as that happens, the needle of the heart becomes quite visible, you see. Uh, mm. pointing towards whatever your true north would be. Uh, 
which really is, hey, there's my doorbell. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it, it, um, yeah. So it's it, it's to me it's it's quite um, profound and but doesn't have to be um, hard and it doesn't have to be scary and it and it certainly is all possible to get your kind of organs of perception to be working. At, at the same frequency, so to speak, which is the greater good of the self, you see. Right now, mm-hmm. the ego is, 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 is defending itself. The human spirit is really provoking because of its separation, so it's focused on its, its function. The soul is attempting to get all of these organs of perception to see life from its perspective, which is no longer two-dimensional. You know, mm-hmm. the human spirit is, is is zeroed in on the on the past and zeroed in on the uh, being cut away from the source. The human ego is focused on its pain and suffering, and the soul is just being what it's you know it's just trying to be. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, mm-hmm. the 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 energy of the energy of the soul is just simply uh, trying to be what it was intended to be without this other interference. You see. And um, yeah, and, the, and, so and, so, and so the value. Yeah, it's clear. Crystal clear to me. It's crystal clear. Yeah. Well, uh, I was just I was carrying over the microphone because my dogs are barking. I guess I am going to have to edit this this uh, this recording tonight. Uh, for, for all of you on Blog Uh-oh. Talk, you're going to get to hear all of the. You're going, to, you're going to get to hear dogs barking and doorbells ringing, uh, but everywhere else I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> and, which I might add, by the way, if you want to hear if you want to hear the edited version, it can be found on SoundCloud, uh, which is where I'm putting all the shows these days. Um, uh, I'm downloading them, and if I have any any occurrences like I'm having tonight, I'm going to edit that stuff out. So uh, it turns out I will be editing this particular recording. <laughs> but anyway, so if you want to if you want a uh, a, if you want a, a non-interfered recording, it will be on SoundCloud. <laughs> For that, I apologize. Um, mm-hmm. But that's yeah. that's the beauty of live. That's the beauty of live radio, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was thinking of our our show tonight when um, I was kind of taking a long drive and a lot of traffic um, back from having to drop something off to my to my son and. Um, which I wasn't, you know, exactly thrilled about being in traffic. And um, it was almost 100, I think, here today. So, you know, a combination of things. So I had that going on. But then I also kind of shifted into that, that place of of soul. And I realized, gosh, Gosh, I, I, there's, I can either focus on what I'm not liking about being in this experience, or I can put my focus on what I am grateful for and, and what I do have. And then I just started thinking that I don't, the soul doesn't ever seek anything other than love, truth, and freedom. It 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 is love, truth, and freedom, and and so making that that shift kind of just brought me into this awareness of gosh, I have all my senses, and 
you know, I have food on the table and shelter and there's <laughs> nothing to really be seeking outside of this, this present moment. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, and, and you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the word intention, and there's a lot of books written and a lot of spiritual teachers talk about intention. We don't spend enough time talking about attention <laughs> because what yeah. you just said is what you just said is I was attending to ABC, and my attention was being taken away from uh, a loving and uh, truthful kind of honest place. And uh, and then I caught myself and decided not to give that any more attention. And I think mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, th- these organs, th- these these organs of perception are are distractible. And 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 what I mean by that is the two specifically that are distractible is the human spirit and the ego. These are just these are distractible kind of organs, if you will, where the soul is uh, is constantly on never off always always uh trying to orchestrate us to see what we need to see and the heart in most cases is just out of our awareness it isn't it isn't particularly distracted um so so you can see that that where you place your attention not just intention but attention uh dictates how these how these organs kind of interact with one another um, and mm-hmm. and that's kind of what you just did. What you just said is yeah. you you have a choice. Right. You have a choice every every day to shift your attention. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. and then you and then you also have a choice is to ask the question, what of me is attending? Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. and like you said, you can then kind of have a dialogue with yourself then goes, well, if I'm going to give my attention to anything in this particular moment of distractibility, I'm going Mm -hmm. to give my attention to gratitude. I'm going to give my attention Mm -hmm. to uh, things that I'm the most thankful for. I'm going to give my attention Mm -hmm. to those things. And then as you discovered, what happens is your energy shifts. Yeah. And that's, that's really kind of, and and that's kind of, and that's really kind of what happens. If you can imagine that each of these organs of perception are operating on their own frequency, and you're trying to harmonize that frequency, it's almost like an instrument out of mm-hmm. tune. Oh, in fact, yeah, in fact, we yeah, well, and and in fact, we are an instrument out of tune. If these were four strings <laughs> on a guitar, how many strings are on a guitar? Six, I think, typically. But if these were four strings on a guitar. If we're out of tune, then we would have to tune them each individually, and we use the other to tune the other three, and then the other two, mm-hmm. and the other one. So that's actually if, you, if anybody's mm-hmm. ever played a guitar, that's how you, that's how you tune the guitar. What's the fir- I forget what the note what the first string is. I forget what it is, but whatever note that first string is, you then bring the other three strings in accordance with the first string. Well, mm-hmm. in, the, in that method. And that metaphor, the soul is the first string. You see. Mm. So imagine you're imagine you're working in reverse, and you're and you're starting with the fourth string and going up the up the up the ladder instead of down the ladder. You see the difference. If you're using the ego mm-hmm. to tune the other three, you're in trouble. Uh, uh, you're not going to. You're not. 
you're not going to get the guitar in tune. You see what I mean? And so, and so mm-hmm. that, and so, in many respects, in many respects, that's that's the way the soul functions. The, the soul is the the note, the musical note that you want to live your life by, and it is connected and vibrating with the with the collective note, which is what we would call collective consciousness, uh, or what mm-hmm. some people would call God. That that first string is harmonized with the collective. It's harmonized with with that particular musical note, if you will, or that frequency. So if you were imagining that's what you're doing, then it doesn't become a battle of this. You know, when my heart's against my ego, and my ego's fighting my spirit, and yeah, you know, and this is this is what it sounds like. That you have these 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 um, this dialogue that's taking place inside of you. It's kind of butting heads. When really mm-hmm. it's what what's what's really happening is it's almost like somebody needs to ask who's in charge here. <laughs> what would in tune sound like? What would in tune sound like? And the and the ego would say, well, I don't know. And the spirit would say, well, I don't know. But the soul would say, well, I do. I know mm-hmm. what the tune is. I know what the note is. And so this is it. And the heart would affirm it. The heart would affirm that the, that the other three are correct. You see, that's a good metaphor, but, mm. which I just kind of made up. But I, but but that's I think in my mind that's the kind of the way I see this. That's kind of the way I, I've I've experienced it in others, and I've experienced it in my own work. Is, is that there is mm-hmm. a there is a there is a harmony, and it is a it, it isn't a coincidence, Irma, that we call that musical note sacred mm-hmm. as a sacred sound. This note. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, this this, mu- this this musical note that is us. This is kind of what astrology does. Uh, and when you look at astrology and uh, birth dates and all that kind of stuff, what they're really saying is is that your your personality and all of these different things about you can be predicted because the the galaxy is a cosmological clock of which you came into existence when the planets and the stars were aligned in a very particular way, and then you came in on that particular musical note. And that really mm-hmm. is what separates one soul, one soul from the other in terms mm-hmm. of what, frequ- what frequency did you come in on, you see. And, and I don't know about you, but I certainly have met people in my life that I feel like we came in on the same frequency. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. It, because the yeah, because the interaction is easy, the the whole experience is easy. There's the and that mm-hmm. and the ease is because the the ease is because we came in uh, into existence. I I I feel uh, in almost on the same notes. <laughs> yeah. At some level. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but I I'm just wondering as you say that it. Wouldn't the the soul awareness or having um, the soul, the heart, the spirit, and the ego kind of all working together? Wouldn't if if everyone was doing that, and if everyone was in sync, would there be anybody that we felt um, out of sync with? We would all be in sync because we would all. I'll be um, in alignment with our souls. No. Well, I, you know, I, well, I think I think that there would be, a, it would be a course. It would be a course of uh, of um, 
of some kind. Uh, you know, the implication, the, I think the um, metaphor breaks down maybe when we say that we all come in on a very unique musical note, but there's only so many musical notes. Uh, but, but there's uh, a slight difference uh, from one soul to the next in terms of the frequency in which they came on and, and that they come in on and how, how uh, that sets one person apart from the other is, is, you know, I don't know. And I don't even know how you would, uh, how you would evaluate that, measure that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know what do you, I don't know what do you think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. I, 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 <laughs> well, I really am. I really am. Well, yeah, I think I think I don't. I think the point is that the human soul, if you know, again, we've talked about this in other shows. I'll say it again. Just recently, medical science has figured out that when a sperm comes in contact with an egg, there's a burst of light, and that burst of light uh, is uh, and there's a flash of light, and and they're finding out now that you can actually predict the health of the egg based upon how bright the, the flash is. Well, mm-hmm. I certainly can't say, I can't say because I don't know this, but it would make sense, logical sense to me, that each burst of light, each creation of an individual soul is coming in with its own unique kind of intelligence, its own unique um, connection to the source, and that uniqueness is subtle across the board. You see what I mean? It's a subtle mm-hmm. difference, but yet, it's, but yet it's very similar. But I think that those of us that stay in contact with the source and want to be in contact with the source allows us to then merge with other people that have the same desire and the same passion. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because, because the soul wants to grow exponentially on itself. It wants to merge with other souls. Mm-hmm. So. So I don't. So I. So mm. I don't know. So it's just kind of. It, it's kind of hypothetical to say that uh, that we all kind of come in with our own frequency and our own our own kind of musical note, if you will. But it's a subtle difference, and, and it's also a, a subtle similarity. But mm-hmm. but this I know from from working with with you know in, in the depths of people's despair. One thing is for sure is is that the human soul, everybody's soul, simply just wants to arrive. And and its yeah. arrival got interrupted. And its arrival got interrupted by uh, by the formation of the human ego, which is a which is essentially an adaptive function. So we get busy adapting and lose connection to that 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 pure sense of of the authentic self. And um, mm-hmm. it's a great romantic it's a great romantic idea to think that we all have our own musical note. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I could see how how that would be, but I could also see that that like you, like you just said, everyone's soul kind of just wants to get here, and if that was the case, everyone would kind of be in sync with their their um, unique soul note, <laughs> and 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 life itself would be more harmonious across the board. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's. <laughs> That's a given. I think that you're that you're going to have if you're connected to if you're connected to your authentic self and you're connected to the soul's intent. My experience with it with thousands of other people I've worked with is is that 
this intelligence, the same intelligence that turns that turns uh, a cell into organs and those organs into skeletons, and that same intelligence is, is, is organizing your dream symbols when you dream. That same intelligence has a function, and it is, it is to bring you in alignment with life itself. Mm-hmm. And the ego... And the ego, by nature, takes you out of alignment, as does, as does the collective ego, which is the culture. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So, yeah. so where, do, where and how does the – I forget exactly how you said it just, just a, a few minutes ago about the heart kind of being um, – you didn't say hidden, but kind of not Out of playing, awareness. Out of awareness. Yeah, what causes that, and and what could change that, and how can a person tell if they're heart aware or not? Well, I think the I think the short answer is that uh, fear and guilt and shame, uh, and so mm. the heart becomes the heart becomes walled off and defended because uh, it's been hurt. And so uh, it, it, it's almost like it, and so let's change the word from heart because that kind of is confusing. And let's just say that we come into the, into the universe as feeling animals and we get our feelings hurt. The more, and those hurt feelings come with a memory, which then comes with a bunch of thoughts, which then is stored away in the human ego is who we think we are. Well, the heart learns from experience that it's painful to feel and it's painful to be vulnerable and so the heart walls off and is walled off in some way uh, and it's, it's so it's a survival mechanism that happens in the personality or happens in the human psyche uh, and, and, and in, in, a, in a universe or I should say in a culture rather than a universe in a culture where the the default compass is automatically the human ego. Mm-hmm. And I say default because the heart is not kept in in the equation. The uh the the ego sees the world two dimensionally and so it sees the world in kind of a moral way. In fact the ego is our moral compass and we get that we get that morality from the from the collective culture. So we kinda we kind of figure out what we believe and what we think is right, what we think is wrong, and we kind of move away from what we think is true and what we think is false. <laughs> and it's the heart that yeah. tells us that. And so we kind mm. of live our lives based on, on what we think is right and wrong rather than what is true or false. And that's the distinction between feelings and emotions, is that emotions are formed because of right and wrong. And uh, and so and so... The, you know, I say all the time that the, the trick, if there is one in spiritual work, is to feel more and emote less. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if, if you're feeling your way through your life and you're feeling your way through your day-to-day activities, then you are present. You are uh, very careful about what you give attention to, and you are self-sustaining. If you're emoting mm-hmm. your way through, then you're just kind of – you're just kind of reenacting something you've been through countless times. And it seems like that's as good as it gets <laughs> if you just kind of emote your way through. Hmm. Wow. Those are those are such such important distinctions. 
I mean, gosh, I mean, it just it, it it seems like not a very huge shift between right and wrong and true and false, but it really is. <laughs> it it really is. It's like it 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 literally is as big as saying the Earth is flat and the Earth is round. It, yeah. It's that big of a it's that big of a shift in perspective, uh, and and that's why and that's why it sounds like it's and and a lot of people. I know that listen to my work could 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 honestly say, well, you know, I've heard this before. This isn't new, and 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 that and that's valid. That's a valid statement. But what is new about this is I am speaking to how these organs of perception interact. I'm speaking yeah. to the I'm speaking to the dialogue that is that is taking place in that interaction. I'm speaking to the internal environment that makes that dialogue possible or makes that dialogue impossible. Uh, that's what sets us apart in the way I'm talking about this. This is that there's an integration in a, in a holistic view of this, an integrative view of this that is, is not being taught in one, in one way, in one form. Instead, it, instead yeah. it's being taught in, uh, in fractured kind of sound bites. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so so true and and yeah, you you do have this this beautiful gift of of bringing it all together and and making it just make so much sense. <clears throat> I had this um well, experience. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. I I was I, I had this experience today and I thought you know, this is this was in an odd way related to to the show tonight, and I was thinking, you know, um, your teachings are are wonderful for people that have all their senses and um, they don't have some major trauma that has really kind of um, Oh, just kind of knocked them off their feet in in their lives. So I, I had this experience of today of having some dental work this morning, and they they guaranteed me that I wasn't going to be in pain and and I wasn't going to be all numbed <laughs> up for the show tonight. But yet, about a half hour after I got home, I was in such pain, horrible, horrible pain. Hi. And while I was in, oh. in that pain. I was just self, kind of just self-absorbed in the pain, <laughs> and and mm. I thought I, I could do anything to just get out of this pain, and so I was kind of relating that to to the topic tonight because all I did is I got up and I took um, a couple of leave, which kind of eased the pain, and I was so so grateful to be out of the pain because then it felt like I could breathe. And that was kind of my soul, you know, I'm not in pain and I can get back into the body and, and, and breathe. But it just brought into my awareness that this spiritual work and uh, is not so easy when you are in extreme pain or in extreme trauma. No, no not at all. And that and that's that's the... That's the beauty of it, Irma, or the beauty of the work that I'm doing is is that uh, that is is interrupting as pain can be, as interrupting as adversity can be. It, it, it all it's really mm-hmm. doing is shifting your attention. It's shifting your attention from being to to doing. It's shifting your 
your attention from from presence to absence. That's really all it's doing. And um, but it, but it but the natural the natural uh, reaction uh, is is to go take the leave. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you're yeah, you're, you're yeah. kind of reinforcing you're reinforcing what a, what a pill society we've become. Uh, that, <laughs> that 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 you know that that we're all kind of like um, looking for some way to to get past the pain. And and of course this this was uh, not the same thing as is pain that's that's happening inside the body because of emotional. Uh, duress right. or emotional abuse or, right. or emotional you, harm. Yeah. It's physical. It's it, it's abrupt pain that's happening in the, in the physical moment or the or in the present tense. But yeah, I think that that what I want to get people to kind of realize is is that um, that the ego's natural reaction to pain is to is to fight or flight is to is to try mm-hmm. to and. And, and and or and or take a pill. I mean, that's pretty much where the ego mm-hmm. is. And, uh, and 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 so the ultimate the ultimate pill, of course, uh, that one could be taking is 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 the soul uh, to be tapped into that intelligence. I mean, you you had an interruption in the physical comfort of your day. It's totally different than the total. Uh, discomfort of an entire life. In other words, you're not going to get up tomorrow and act like your your teeth are bothering you, or a week from now your teeth are bothering you, or you're not going to focus on. Well, I went to the dentist a week ago and my life just fell apart. You know, this is what the ego would do. The ego would zero in on these life events and just say, "See, it's just a, here's just another thing." You see, the ego would say, "Here's just another thing yeah. that 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 tells me that tells me life is hard." That nothing yeah. goes my way, or this, and 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 so that that and that's that. If you're not grounded in uh, what it feels like to be uh, to see the world uh, through a different lens, then you're going to fall back on that lens, which is the ego's mm-hmm. lens of 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 lack of gratitude, uh, complaining, anger, frustration, all the things that the ego would kind of go through. And so, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a challenge, but mm-hmm. it isn't. But it doesn't have to be. But it, but I think what I want people to know is it's not impossible to um, to manage. Because what, what what you're trying to find here, Irma, what we're all trying to find is to strike a balance between the day to day interruptions of a peaceful existence. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, because we have them. We have them in the paper. We have them on the news. We have them in our culture all the time. But we get kind of taken away from some level of peaceful existence. And um, and 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 so don't think in extremes, which is what the ego does. And instead, uh, be grateful for what life is and also what life isn't. This is the mm-hmm. this is the balance. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and, and it's a balancing act. It isn't. It, it's not a juggling act as much as it is a balancing act to to kind of make that distinction. And uh, and that's the benefit of uh, of it, of adversity. Uh, we we actually have to learn how to handle adversity. It isn't something that comes naturally. Uh, if we leave it to the ego and how it wants to handle it, it's it it wants the pain to stop. It wants to take a shortcut. It wants to complain. It wants to do whatever, whatever that the ego would do in that in that scenario. Uh, but it doesn't grow us in any way on how to handle mm-hmm. and how to manage pain. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I like what I like what you I, said about what life is and what life isn't, because to include what life isn't, I think, is part of learning how to handle the adversity, because life is not perfect. Well, it's no, and it's also no regrets. You know, you, you know, mm-hmm. we sit. A lot of us sit around. A lot of us sit around and regret so much of our lives and regret. Uh, you know, I should have. I should have turned right and said I turned left. I did this when I should have done that, and we just kind of, kind of shoot ourselves to death on some uh, on how life uh, is is supposed to be, and as a result of that, and in the attention we give that, we we kind of go get away from what life is, and yeah. life is as you say all the time, is incredible and magical and, and mysterious and curious and all of those different kinds of things. It, it, it isn't a coincidence that, we, that many of the spiritual teachings around the planet say that uh, when you get to a place of enlightenment, you almost begin to see life as a child. Mm. And, and that's true. Because what you've done is you've gotten, once you've healed your wounds, you have opened your eyes to life in a different kind of way and you're seeing life with curiosity again and you're not looking at life through the lens of fear and so it's like a child starting all over again yeah. in terms of the way we see things and, and this is and this is a key piece of that it's a key piece of what it means to to um, to be in this work and to be able to um, to achieve some sense of presence and some sense of um, of, of, of authenticity and integrity, and uh, because once you once you experience it, don't you think, Irma? Once you experience presence and authenticity and some level of, uh, of integrity about what it means to be who you are, that you can be rattled. You can be, you know. I, I think my shadow now is more like a speed bump than I do a wall or a hurdle or a mountain that I have to get over. My shadow, when it rears its head, and it does, like everybody's does. It's a, it's a, just a minor interruption, you know. It's like a bug on a windshield kind of a sensation. <laughs> it isn't something, you know. I turn on the windshield wipers and it's gone, you know. Uh, or I could sit there and look through that bug on the windshield and, and complain about how I can't see the road, you know. This is what the ego yeah. would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 so and so it it ends up becoming kind of a choice about again what I said earlier in the show is uh, what do you want to give attention to. And what part of you is attending? Is it all mm-hmm. of you, a portion of you, the ego that is you, the soul that is you? You have to ask yourself what organ of perception is attending. And uh, that's what it means to show up and be present. So what's going to show up? You know, what side mm-hmm. of itself is going to show up? Invariably, for many of us, it's either the the angst of the human spirit or the ego that shows up. It isn't the heart or the soul that's showing up. And by showing up, mm-hmm. I mean attending to whatever we are attending to. So yeah. it isn't a coincidence that it, it, it's, it's not a coincidence that, that whatever we give attention to tends to run our day, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Whatever we attend to tends to dominate our day. And our lives, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, so true. I just want to, this is just a really quick story that's related to tonight's um, show. 
I was um, watching my eldest son. We went to a, a Cubs game. This was a few years back, and this young boy sat next to him, well, young by in his maybe early 20s, and he started telling my son kind of all his problems and, and how he was in a car accident and he got hurt really bad and that caused him to lose his job and then he went broke and didn't have any money and he just went on and on with all these problems and here we are sitting at the Cubs game and, and this, this kid sitting next to my son. And so my son said, well, did you recover from the physical stuff from the accident? The kid says, yeah. Well, did did you go on to get a, another job? Well, yeah. Well, then you, you, you're financially okay. Well, yeah. And my son's like, so it's a beautiful day today, right? <laughs> the kid's like, yeah. <laughs> so let's watch the ball game. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah, just, that's good. That's very good. That's very good. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like, why are you paying attention? Why are you paying attention to that? Why are you bringing that up? Why is that important? And uh, yeah. And and, and I think it's. He wasn't there. He wasn't at the ball game. He was in his past. Yeah. 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 And that's true. Well, Irma, we're down to two minutes in the program, and I, I want to say to the listeners, first of all, thank you very much for tuning in, and, uh, and, and, and thank you, Irma, for being with me as always. And to You're also welcome. tell the listeners that, uh, 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 that I am I'm kind of spreading the, uh, the blog talk recordings across the Internet now, and if you want a um, uh, no doorbells, no dog barking recording of tonight's show, it, it'll be on SoundCloud. Uh, and I would also encourage people to go to YouTube uh, and type in the soul's intent uh, because Irma and I are now doing uh, uh, recordings of discussions uh, on the videos, uh, and we are doing those in sound bites, about 15, 18, 20-minute videos. As I'm beginning to teach this, uh, this information and give this information to folks, and sometime in, in the future, I, I said on the, online today that I'm going to be hoping to do some kind of a live streaming where we're going to have um, have a, uh, a place for people to come and, and, and really kind of interact with us as we're having these discussions. And, uh, and you, know, you know, one of the things that I say is a tagline to the show's life conversations that make sense. That if, if I'm trying to do anything with the soul's intent is I'm trying to, to say that there is a common sense uh, approach and a common sense understanding of, of what it means to be spiritual and what it means to be in an experience, a, a spiritual kind of practice. And so uh, thank everybody for, for joining me tonight. And Irma, I will talk to you next week. All right. Have a nice night. Good night, listeners. This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psychospiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. 
and the soul's intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom, and how in an instant learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.